Hello, my name is Connor, and you're listening to For the Time Being, the second episode of the semi-scripted podcast, where some of it is scripted and some of it is not. In this case, I I wrote most of the script already because I, I wanted to know what I was going to say beforehand, because last time I wrote none of the script beforehand, and I think the episode ended up being bad. So this time, I'm trying the opposite strategy. Most of what I say is going to be from the script that I wrote. Uh, anyway... You guys don't care about that. You guys care about the COVID-19 novel coronavirus. So what I'm going to do first is my COVID-19 update. Hopefully that musical interlude was quite spectacular. I haven't figured out what it is yet because I'm doing all the voices before I do all the sound effects. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be sick as nuts. Uh, so anyway, COVID-19 update. Holy shit, right? These are some wacky times, okay? The COVID-19 coronavirus, novel coronavirus, respiratory illness is way worse now than when I made the first episode of this podcast, um, which is partially because my production schedule is quite erratic, uh, but it's also because of the way viruses grow, which is a... Well, actually, the way viruses grow is uh, they don't. They multiply. They don't get bigger at all. They're not alive. Um, uh, early on, they multiply almost exponentially. And uh, not to brag or anything, but I am very good at calculus. I took calculus in high school, and then I took calculus in college, and I got pretty good grades both times. Uh, so what I did is I went ahead and I crunched a couple of numbers for you guys. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to report that as of the time of writing, there are 210,000 cases of the coronavirus in the United States, um, which is really bad. Uh, but at the beginning of March, there were only 70 cases. Um, both both of those pieces of uh, data came from the New York Times. So I uh, just want to... I didn't make those up. They came from a reputable news source. Now, you might not think the New York Times is a reputable news source if you are the president but i think the new york times is doing a great job right now so anyway uh take those two numbers 70 cases uh beginning of march uh today which is april 1st 210,000 cases uh that's 32 days so we put those into the uh, exponential growth model we find a growth rate of around 0.3 so there's a roughly 30 percent increase in the number of cases every day uh, which means it doubles roughly every three days now, the early stages of this pandemic won't look exactly like that because of the social distancing that all of us hopefully have been doing. Everyone should be doing that. Uh, essential employees who have to go to work, um, we owe a huge shout out to those people because those people can't social distance. Um, and those people are making the world go around right now. So we owe a huge shout out to those people. People restocking shelves, people who are in the health uh, industry, all those people who are keeping us safe and keeping us fed, we owe a huge shout out to those people. But everyone else needs to be staying inside because otherwise this pandemic is going to get really bad. I mean, it's already really bad, but it's going to get worse. Um, yeah, So, but hopefully with the social distancing, the early stages of the pandemic won't be um, exponential. The growth won't look exponential, hopefully, because of what we've done. But it's looking like it is sort of pretty exponential from what we've seen. Now, obviously, the exponential model isn't a great way to predict how the virus is actually going to behave, because according to that model, by June 10th, 
we would have 8 billion infections in the United States, which is obviously not possible because there's way less people than that in the United States. Uh, and you can quote me on that. I don't know the exact number, uh, but I think it's somewhere between a million and a billion for sure. Definite defo, defo between a million and a billion. Um, so the virus is not actually going to spread according to the exponential model. It's actually going to spread according to a logistic model, uh, which looks kind of like an S curve. So it starts off, um, almost perfectly horizontal and then it goes up a bit it gets pretty steep and then it goes back to being horizontal uh, so it builds in an almost exponential way in the beginning but it's not going to build like that forever the number of cases will peak somewhere not everyone is going to get sick but a lot of people are um, good thing that we're not going to see exponential growth forever because in an exponential graph the rate of change the number of new infections per day uh, which is also the derivative of the graph, is also exponential. Meaning the situation never gets better. It continues to get worse. It gets worse, exponentially worse every day. That's what exponential means. Uh, but in the logistic growth model, the graph of the number of new cases per day, not the number of total cases, but the number of new cases per day, which is the derivative of that curve, looks like a hill. So things will get worse for a while, but then they'll stop getting worse and they'll start getting better. Uh, we don't know exactly when the peak of that graph is or how high it is or what the area under it, which is the total number of cases, will be. And that's really scary because that determines how bad the pandemic is. So at some point, it will start getting better, but we don't know when and we don't know how bad it's going to get before it starts getting better. Um, we sort of have some models out there, which are really scary because the models that they've put out are predicting around 100,000 deaths, which is just awful. But the good news is that it can't spread to everyone because a sick person could only affect other people who are uninfected. Um, so as soon as there are such a concentration of sick people that the infected people can't really pass it to uninfected people as easily because it's not going to infect every person who a sick person comes in contact with. It is very contagious as far as virus goes. That's what we've seen so far. But it's not going to infect every single person. So there's a critical mass of sick people that means that the virus is going to stop spreading as easily, stop spreading exponentially, uh, and things are going to start getting better. Um, but the federal government did predict that hundreds of thousands of people could die in the United States, which is absolutely horrible. Uh, that's more than number of people. That's more than the number of American soldiers who were killed in the Vietnam War, uh, which according to Wikipedia is 58,000. Um, I had to look a lot of things up. That's why I'm saying according to a lot because I don't know a lot of things. But I do have access to the internet. Uh, so I can know anything I want whenever I want. Isn't that fun? Um, yeah, 58,000 American soldiers fil uh, killed in the Vietnam War. Uh, and there's a very famous memorial to those soldiers in Washington, D.C., which lists every single name. It lists 58,000 names on the memorial. It's a, it's a big black wall. It also has um, uh, two other parts. Uh, the second part is, uh, is three soldiers. There's a white, a black, and a Hispanic American soldier. And then the third part uh, is the women's memorial, which depicts um, some women caring for a soldier because most of the women who served in Vietnam were nurses. Yeah, so that memorial, uh, obviously pretty powerful uh, tribute to um, people who served, Americans who served in Vietnam. Uh, I think it would be not unreasonable in a tragedy like this pandemic, the one that we're experiencing right now, which is so disruptive to so many people, to also construct a memorial. Uh, so I do have a proposal for that that I came up with in 10 minutes, and it's killer. Just like the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, this one should have three parts. One part lists names. 
every single person who was killed by the virus from the United States should be on a memorial. Second part, dedicated to the doctors, dedicated to the nurses, dedicated to the first responders, the EMTs, the paramedics, uh, the members of the World Health Organization, the CDC, the drug companies that are trying to develop a vaccine, the drug companies that have developed the test. All those people should have a memorial uh, in their honor too because those people are trying to end the pandemic. Those people are trying to care for people. Uh, and then the third part would be um, the essential employees who are putting their lives and their safety at risk to restock the grocery shelves, to cook food, to sell food, and generally just keep the world moving while the rest of us are hunkering down inside. So that would be my three-part memorial uh, to the heroes and to the fallen of the coronavirus epidemic. Now, I know I said that in a sarcastic tone, uh, but that was only because I'm trying to be humble, and I actually think that it would be a really good idea to build a memorial, and I'm serious about that and i'm not an architect and i don't have any money but i'm still going to work on this plan regardless i'm probably going to build a website for it and i'll probably share about it on uh social media so if you follow me on social media you should look for that uh yeah so i'm almost done with this segment it's depressing as fuck i don't really want to talk about the virus anymore i don't really want to think about the virus anymore uh to be honest i hate the virus and i'm not really afraid to say that uh but what i will say is that getting to the point that we're at right now with the virus, uh, the virus being as bad as it is, was not inevitable. Obviously, the federal government didn't create this problem. I don't, I'm don't. i not a conspiracy theorist. I don't believe that Donald Trump cooked up in his lab, using his infinite knowledge of uh, biochemistry, cooked up in his lab some virus and released it on the American people. I'm not blaming Trump for the existence of the virus. Okay, I just want to make that very clear because uh, people are going to say that people are blaming Trump for the virus, and that's to get people mad so i'm not saying that but what i am saying is that it's the federal government's job to fix this problem this is a federal emergency a national emergency it's already been declared a national emergency by the federal government so what i don't understand and i'm not an expert in domestic policy otherwise i would be the secretary of uh something is that the response from the president has been very disappointing. There were delays in testing for so long that we could not get a handle on the epidemic early on. That's unacceptable. There's a shortage of medical supplies right now, which is also unacceptable. During emergencies, the government is allowed to tell companies to make supplies. It's called the Defense Production Act, and I just learned about it today. But so far, Trump has only used it to compel uh, one company... General Motors to create some ventilators, but there's not just shortages of ventilators. There's shortages of masks. There's shortages shortages of gowns. There's shortages of gloves. There's shortages of toilet paper for crying out loud. And there's also still going to be shortage of respirators after General Motors makes all the ones that Trump ordered. That shortage will directly affect who lives and who dies in hospitals because the ventilators that assist breathing are the only thing that's are saving people's lives. Not the only thing. I don't know that much about medicine, but they're one of the things that saves people's lives when they're in respiratory distress. So it's time. All right. This is going to sound like a, like a, like a freaking um, what's his name? A fucking Winston Churchill speech. Uh, but I'm going to say it anyway. It is time for us to act as if we are at war. That is the kind of mobilization that's going to save us from this crisis being way worse than it could be, has to be otherwise. Could be otherwise. I'm not that good at words, as you can probably tell. Uh, all right. I'm glad we got that out of the way. That shit is a huge bummer, right? Right? Anyone? Right? Anyone agree with me? Anyway, here's a word from our sponsors.
Have you ever wondered why your piss smells funny? Yeah, me too. My piss has smelled like shit for the past 17 years of my life. Psych! Idiots! There's no sponsors, you fools, you buffoons. You actually bought that? There's no sponsors. I did this all for free, you losers. You jabronis. Everyone listening right now to this is a loser. Uh, except for one person, and uh, I think you know who you are. Alright, now that that is over, let's move on to the main section of the show, which may uh, incidentally end up being shorter than our COVID update, but hey, that's baseball, baby. Alright, so the first section of this two-part show is called Stressing. S-T-R-E-S-I-N-G. I just realized there's supposed to be two S's in there, but that's fine. Uh, so anyway, I used to be stressing, and now I'm mostly just vibing. Uh, you know, of course, the virus complicates that. I'm very stressed out right now. I don't want 100,000 people to die. So sue me, all right? Sue me. If you also don't want 100,000 people to die, just stay in your house, I guess. I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Oh, that's the thing I forgot to say in my coronavirus segment. I'm not a doctor. Uh, the next segment also talks about medicine. I don't, I, I don't know why I'm talking about it so much since I don't know anything about it or have any authority. So just don't take my advice over any medical professional, whatever you do. I'm not qualified at all. Uh, but I am going to talk about this shit anyway because I think it's interesting. And if you listen to it, cool. That would be sick. Maybe Venmo me. I'm not going to give up my Venmo on the internet, but email me and ask for my Venmo and then Venmo me money, please. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. I used to be stressing. Now I'm mostly vibing. Except now I'm stressing again because of the coronavirus and I'm stuck inside and I'm doing school online and that fucking sucks. And there's a lot of people that I want to see that I miss a lot that I can't see because I can't travel. Uh, but I'm in a better situation than a lot of people because I have food and I have a house and I'm with my family right now. So I guess I should just move on probably. All right. Anyway, now before the virus, I was mostly vibing before that stressing a lot, still stressing some of the time, but mostly vibing right now. Uh, and that's thanks to a number of things. All right. I'm taking a class right now at my university, uh, called abnormal psychology which talks about the psychological disorders and it also talks a lot about stress and trauma um there's a three-factor model for talking about stress it's called the biopsychosocial model it's also talking about all the psychological disorders but it's called the biopsychosocial model and basically what that means is that there are a lot of factors that go into making you feel and think the way that you do um three namely bio psycho and social biology is just the way that your fucking brain operates you know the dna those neuron impulses the axons the dendrites just throwing out neuron neurological words right now uh neurotransmitters there's a neurotransmitter called dopamine there's one called serotonin there's one called um uh a glutamate i think anyway the psycho part is your thoughts and your behaviors. And then the social part is your interactions with other people. All three of those things change one, it changes all the others. It's, they're all interconnected. It's like the Holy Trinity, but instead of being God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, it's your neurons, your thoughts, and your friends. I just smiled, but you can't see it because you're listening and not watching. Uh, anyway, so... 
for me, a couple of things went into making me feel better. Uh, obviously, when I'm saying stressing, I'm talking about a lot of anxiety. Uh, I had a lot of anxiety. I was feeling really down. Those things are not fun to experience. I didn't want to experience them anymore. So I went to talk to my doctor and I got a prescription for a medication called escitalopram, which is an SSRI medication. SSRI stands for Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitor. And now I'm going to pop you with a little bit of neurology right now. Neurotransmitters are chemicals that are released at the synapse from a neuron that's sending a signal from one neuron to the next neuron. So the synapse is the connection between those two neurons, and it's a little bit of a gap. And what the one neuron does that's sending the signal, it releases, you know, a little bit of chemicals. It just oozes out a little bit of chemicals, just squirts them out, you know, squirts them out, chemicals go out, next neuron picks up the chemicals. They're like, oh shit, this chemical means I, means I should either inhibit the firing of my signal or I should uh, promote the firing of my signal. It adds up all the signals it gets from every single other neuron that's sending it signals and it decides what to do. Uh, it's not like it has agency or anything, but it decides what to do. And so uh, this serotonin is one of those neurotransmitters, uh, probably. Okay, so serotonin is one of those neurotransmitters, and there's something called reuptake, which is where the neuron takes the neurotransmitter back into it. The one that sends it just, you know, sucks it right back in. So it doesn't stay around in the synapse for very long. Now, if you want it to stay around in the synapse for longer, its effect will actually be promoted. So serotonin is involved in mood, and so if you want to promote a better mood, you want the serotonin to stick around in the synapse for longer. I know... Some of you know a lot more about neurology than me, and if you if that's wrong, then that sucks because I don't know what the right answer is, but that's my understanding of it. Uh, this little factoid from Wikipedia I thought you guys might want to know. In 2016, escitalopram was the 26th most prescribed medication in the United States with more than 25 million prescriptions. That's a direct quotation from wikipedia.com if you look up the medication escitalopram. So... I'm not stealing. That's not, uh, that's not, um, what is it called? Plagiarism. I'm citing where that came from. Wikipedia.com slash escitalopram. Um, yeah, so I started, started taking this medication, uh, basically the soon as 2020 started. And for the first part of 2020, I was feeling killer. Still am feeling okay. The virus is the main thing that's worrying me. But I took, I got it prescribed for anxiety, but it, I was also feeling uh, sort of a depressed mood. Not, I don't think it was full depression. I'm not going to say I was diagnosed with anything because I haven't actually received any diagnose, diagnoses, but just a general mood thing was enough. Talking to my doctor, got a prescription, uh, started taking it. Immediately, um, I noticed a difference in um, my mood. I felt less anxious but there were also a couple of side effects that i had to get over i'm not going to list all of them because some of them are embarrassing all right i had diarrhea eight times no i'm just kidding that wasn't one of them uh probably going to cut that joke out too i don't i don't that one, that one i don't see getting a lot of laughs anyway side effects were restlessness um and just basically feeling agitated for a few days that went away pretty quickly like i started off on 10 milligram dose agitation maybe one or two days it went away after that. Then I upped to a 20 milligram dose. Uh, side effects came back for a little bit. Same thing went away. Um, and also, you know, restlessness, restlessness could be due to the fact that I haven't gone to the gym ever. 
And so I used to swim a lot in high school. I was a pretty good swimmer. Uh, not to brag or anything, but I could swim pretty fast. Not as fast as a shark. Uh, no one can do that. Michael Phelps can't even do that. I know he was in that ad where he did it, but that's just bullshit. He can't do that. Sharks are... I'm going to look up how fast sharks are and I'll get back to you. All right. So it looks like I was totally fucking right. According to reference.com slash world. Anyway, I'll put the link somewhere so it doesn't. So you know where I'm getting all my information. Okay. But the 50 meter crawl, uh, if you don't know what that is, you're probably not a swimmer and you might want to tune this whole part out. But the 50 meter crawl, world record, 21, 20.91 seconds, excuse me. Uh, which is the equivalent of swimming swimming 5.39 miles per hour average over the course of the swim. Now, let's go to the next page. Google search shark top speed. First thing comes up, boom, 31 miles per hour. Huh? 31. 31 miles per hour maximum adult, comma, in the water, comma, in short bursts. Um, so, looks like I was fucking right. Humans cannot swim as fast as a shark. Uh, I got way sidetracked. What was I talking about? I I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. Uh, agitation could be due to the fact that I don't exercise right now. Uh, especially not since I'm trapped inside and I can't really go to the gym. Uh, yeah, so that's the first side effect. The second side effect is something that I've noticed kind of ongoing. It's very low level. It doesn't bother me at all personally. But I just thought it was something that's worth mentioning is that I feel like um, this might actually be a good thing, but I feel like my emotions are a little bit like blunted on, on both sides. So I haven't felt like I, I, I haven't felt like moved by a work of, this is going to sound really pretentious. I haven't felt moved by a work of art as deeply as, you know, I probably would before I took my medication, because I think that being moved for me comes with a little twinge of sadness at the fact that I'm going to die someday um that I haven't really felt that much anymore so so it's sort of just like an emotional fog where your emotions are a little bit more muted than they would be otherwise but it doesn't mean that I'm not feeling happy I'm feeling happier in general uh it just means that I'm not feeling emotions that are quite as intense as they might have been before that's just my general subjective take on it but I think for me the benefits far outweigh any side effects um you shouldn't just go out and buy this medication from a, the black market. You should definitely get a prescription um, for it from a doctor and also talk to a doctor before you take it because I'm not a doctor and I can't give medical advice. Yeah, but anyway, so that's this bio biological side of the biopsychosocial model of me feeling good as fuck. Um, yeah, but there's also a social component. I joined two new clubs this semester before I got sent home on my extended coronavirus uh, uh, hiatus from in-person classes, which is just a bummer and a half. Bro, it really sucks. Uh, it just is the worst. Um, yeah, so that's the first thing. The first semester I started taking this medication, I joined two new clubs. I got more involved in my other clubs. I started doing more social things. I started hanging out with people. I met some new friends. Uh, it was great. Now, thanks to the virus, all of that is changed. I mean, I'm still staying in touch with people, but obviously I can't. I don't know. Anyway, uh, God, this fucking thing sucks. I hope we can go back to normal soon. Anyway, yeah, I'm creating more things too. I feel way better about my future. Um, I used to be really stressed about my future because I have always seen myself as a creative person. I want to make money from creating things. Uh, I, sh I shouldn't say always. I, I used to want to be an engineer, which would have been a great way 
uh, to have a steady job and make money. And I almost went to engineering school because I was fucking killer at math and science in high school. I don't want to brag or anything, um, but I was good as fuck. I got pretty good grades on math tests and I was going to be an engineer. But then I decided I didn't want to do that. And I wanted to be a writer and an actor and a filmmaker and all that kind of stuff where you're creating stuff and putting stuff out into the world. Uh, So very little benefit to society at all. It's more about just me having fun. It's just kind of a, I had to do this for my mental health though. So you can't blame me for my career path. And I also took me a long time to come to the realization that I had to be a creator. So what I did, uh, and this is part of the, biopsychosocial model too i'll let you guess which one it's going to go in uh i'm going to probably put it in social so i actually i'm not going to make you guess anything at all i'm not going to leave you guessing about anything i'm just going to tell you everything uh god i get really sidetracked when i'm when i'm talking to nobody and i have no one to reel me in anyway yeah so i declared a major in film and media studies so i'm going to be a filmmaker i'm not going to film school right now i go to a regular college that's not specifically designed for film but it has a film program which is really awesome Uh, i'm really excited about that there's a lot of cool classes that i'm excited to take if we ever go back to school uh yeah i've also been saying yes to more opportunities like i got a job this semester on-campus job i haven't been feeling as depressed in general i've still been anxious but i've just been more even keeled uh you know so it's been really good for me talk to your doctor about it uh, not all of it is the drugs. Part of it is the choices, like choosing a major that I actually think is fun. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's the end of the first segment. We're going to segue right on to the next segment after a quick word from uh, me again. Oh shit, you know what that sound is? That means it's officially time for us to stop talking about nerd shit and have some fucking fun! Uh, anyway, you guys want to hear a funny joke? What did Albert Einstein say when he discovered the key, the secret formula to the universe? E equals MC squared. Alright, that is not even really a joke. Alright, uh, let me think, let me think, let me think. George, what did George Washington say when he lost his wooden teeth? Oh, man, I lost my wooden teeth. Am I right? Why did the businessman do cocaine? For fun. Uh, knock, knock. <laughs> Got him. You can't respond to that one. Uh, that one won't even be funny. Right, this is not working. I'm going to write better jokes next time. Anyway, that concludes the fun break. Let's go back to our second segment of this show which i titled let me just scroll up to the top and see what i titled this episode uh vibing versus stressing mental health and the creative life just as a side note vibing should definitely be in the dictionary at this point when my computer marked it as not a word which just the audacity am i right the audacity i'm gonna look up what audacity means after this okay vibing v-i-b-i-n-g how to define that feeling pretty good about myself in general just feeling pretty baller uh just vividy vibing bro listening to sick beats uh i'm not sleeping well right now i should have put that in the last seg- segment I-, I keep staying up really late and waking up really late and i'm tired all the time uh but that's just that's just the virus that's just baseball baby anyway 
vibing feeling pretty good about myself i'm feeling good about myself as a creative individual which is great because that's what i've always wanted to be ever since like a year and a half ago um no it's been longer uh but that doesn't come from being good at creating things i don't think i'm particularly good at creating things i this podcast right now that i'm making is a prime example of that this podcast is probably gonna suck ass it's probably gonna be quite bad not very good at all uh but feeling good about myself as a creative comes from just the simple act of making things right i've never made things consistently in the past and now i'm making things sort of more consistently uh a huge part in that is due to the fact that i took a filmmaking class which is a huge creative outlet for me i took a creative writing class this semester also a huge creative creative outlet for me so i have the deadlines to force me to make things but this podcast is not even sponsored as we found out earlier i'm just making this shit for free i don't expect to make any money off of this i just wanted to put it out here i don't even expect anyone to listen to it i just i need to make things uh i only said i wanted to make things in the past i didn't actually make things and now i'm actually making things which is pretty sick you know in the past i would say things like oh i'm gonna write a novel about beer oh shit i'm gonna paint a dinosaur on the wall in spray paint in my grandparents house no i'm not gonna do that i used to say oh i'm gonna eat human meat i'm gonna become a cannibal and eat a human being i'm not gonna kill a human being i'll find a dead one and eat him uh, but I never did any of those things. And now I'm actually making things, which is fantastic. Um, and so my my uh, magic formula to overcoming writer's block, that's definitely not going to work for anyone because everyone is a unique individual with individual experiences, uh, is that just make stuff. Just, I mean, honestly, I, I'm trying to diminish my own um advice because i i don't want any anyone to be like hey you're you that didn't work but honestly you should try this just make something just make something shit just make something garbage just make something no matter what not everything you make will be good uh, but not everything you make is going to be bad either and when someone's like hey have you ever created anything good just show them the good stuff you don't even have to show them the bad stuff um something i've personally always wanted to do is write a song i didn't make one song one time um but I used a, a rap beat from YouTube that I downloaded illegally, and so I can't ever show anyone that song, uh, which is which sucks because it was a pretty good song. But I want to write my own song and make my own rap beat and rap the rap the rapidy lyrics. Um, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do some research. I'm gonna give it my best effort, and I'm just gonna make sure I follow through. Uh, yeah. If you want to do that, you should do that too. I'm going to do it. I'll most likely feature it at the end of my next episode, depending on how good I am at figuring out exactly how to do that, which honestly, it's going to be a while. Just wait. It, eventually it will happen, but I am going to do it. I, that's my, that's my goal. Uh, and if you are a creative person also, and you're thinking, I want to, I want to create things, but I don't know how. Just do it. You'll get better with practice, too. Don't worry about being bad, because practice doesn't make perfect, but it does make you better. Um, you know, I've always heard this my whole life. You put in 10,000 hours of something, now that makes you an expert. Not a degree, but putting in 10,000 hours at something. Uh, and I've definitely done some stuff for 10,000 hours. I've breathed, maybe, for 10,000 hours, probably. I don't know how long that is in years. I'm going to... All right, hold on. I like math and I'm a nerd, 
but that doesn't mean I'm a nerd. Alright, so apparently 10,000 hours is just over a year, so I've definitely breathed for more than 10,000 hours. I've probably drank water for more than 10,000 hours, although I'm definitely not an expert at that. I drink, I choke all the time drinking water. Eating food, I'll choke my food, cough like a motherfucker, and it just, it's, I'm worried that I'm going to choke and die someday. Honestly, that's probably how I'm going to die, and that sucks because there's way cooler ways to die. Blaze of Glory, Blaze of Glory, man, that would be sick. Um... No, I'm going to choke on a on a bone or something. I'm going to be in a chicken wing, just <laughs> dead. Um, anyway, yeah, 10,000 hours of watching TV. Probably done that. Probably fucking sick at that right now. I could watch TV with my eyes closed, except it wouldn't be as interesting, so I'm not going to do that, but I could. That's I'm that good at it. Um, I've actually probably spent thousands of hours swimming. I, I know I was talking about being a sick swimmer earlier. Probably not 10,000 hours. I'm definitely not expert level. You know, a shark that's lived for more than... Uh, what was it? 416 days is probably way better at swimming than me, but I'm still pretty good. You know, I've done over a thousand hours at least of competitive swimming when I was in high school. Uh, not to brag or anything. Um, uh, Michael Phelps is definitely faster than me and probably 90% of my junior varsity swim team was faster than me too. But Hey, I'll take it. I take what I can get around here. Uh, other stuff that I want to be good at, writing, singing, playing guitar, making films. I'm still working on that. Probably haven't put in 10,000 hours. Um, guitar, I've probably not put in nearly enough hours. I w- wish I was better at guitar. Um, but that's all All you can do is practice. So someday I'll probably be good. And that's what keeps me going. Uh, anyway, the first episode of my podcast... What the fuck is... Anyway, the first episode of my podcast was probably objectively bad. Just objectively shit. Like, if you rate it on a scale of shit to good, it was probably definitely closer, probably definitely closer to the shit side than the good side. But my hope is that this one is a little bit better. Every day, I inch that shit meter a little bit farther from the shit zone, from the shit side, and a little bit closer to the good side. So, you know, so, so that's, that's the point I was trying to make, is that the, things get better when you practice them. Anyway. God, I this podcast has way more of a script than the previous episode. It's like multiple pages of script. The other one had no script at all. Uh, and I'm still getting way sidetracked by my own thoughts. I'm going to need a lot more practice at this. But hey, that's the point of the episode. So yeah, this one has music and shit. Intro and outro music I might do. Haven't decided yet. Uh, it's going to be fucking sick though. Like 2011 Minecraft YouTuber level intro and outro. If, if there was visuals to this thing, I would put some fat 3D graphics in, but there's no uh, visuals because it's a podcast, obviously. Anyway. All right, guys. This is my outro. I don't know if anyone's ever going to hear this, uh, but I still had to make it because making something and having nobody see it is still better than making nothing at all. And I live by that. So to all my wonderful fans, I hope you guys are real someday. Uh, But for now, just keep it real. Uh, To the endless void of the internet, thanks for all the Netflix and emails and stuff. I guess the onion's pretty funny. The internet did a good job thinking of that one. Uh, And to the universe, good night. Or good morning. I don't really know what time it is when when you're listening to this. Uh, But this has been for the time being. Because it only lasted a little while. And after all... Isn't that what everything does? Get it? Do you get the name? Come on. That's really deep, right? Isn't that? Isn't that deep? 
So fucking deep, right? Chock full of meaning, dude. So deep. Very deep. That's probably deeper than the Mariana Trench. Marinara Trench. Ah, oh, shit. I was going to say Marinara Trench. It was going to be funny. Anyway, deep, 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 deep. Fade out. Outro music. Boom.